Okay, so I'm back at it again with talking about the movies with Angel. And this time, we're talking about science fiction movies. And I just have to say one thing. I don't know if I like them. I Maybe, like, after Angel gives me his perspective on them and, like, tells me why he likes them, maybe I'll like them. Like, after we did the, uh scary movie episode I started watching scary movies more and I had a new appreciation for them so that's kind of what I'm hoping for with the sci-fi movies and the science sci-fi movies you know I don't I think I just don't like them only because it's based off of like real events but with more dramatic like more dr drama in them right. so I think that's why I don't like them I'm like I don't need to watch these movies about fictional things. I could just watch the real thing on the news. <laughs> that are less, like, there's less climax to these actual stories. But the Fukushima event with the, the nuclear waste and the tsunami, that is, like, the best science story ever. I mean, it's the worst thing that ever happened in history. But it's, like, every sci-fi movie. So right. there's that. <laughs> no one, nobody understands what that meant, but I think you kind of understood what that meant. <laughs> yeah. So, what is your stance on sci-fi movies? Is it as like angry as mine? <laughs> um. Recently, I don't love them, you know, and I think it's just like me getting fatigued with like every other. Uh, every other week we get like another like huge blockbuster like action-packed movie like it's not just like sci-fi but there's also like superhero movies that are coming out like twice a fucking day now <laughs> and so like, I think I've, I've just seen so much that I just get like really like fatigued or like not interested now but um I, I do still like like some of my favorite movies ever are sci-fi movies you know it's just like recently i've kind of grown tired but i do still like them is the thing you know it's not like i i have it's just kind of like when you spend too much time with someone you like and then after a while you're just like can you please leave my house i can't relate because i don't hang out with anybody <laughs> But yeah, I was like doing research on the on these sci-fi things because I kind of wanted to come in with a real opinion on them, and right. it was and this is the best description of them. And this is from Wikipedia, the most reliable source out there. Uh, <laughs> it is true. Like sci-fi movies are about it's like the like people and dramatic events, economic collapse. Uh, nature collapsing and space and it's like okay I kind of see that in the news already I don't really care <laughs> right yeah and that's the thing about sci-fi and we talked about it I, well I talked about it when we did our horror movie episode is that sci-fi and horror movies have kind of always been made to reflect especially in America they've always been made to reflect the time period that they were made in, you know? Yes. They were always made to comment on society uh, at that moment in time. Uh, for example, like in the 50s, you get a lot of like, uh, like weird sci-fi, like alien, uh, atomic energy, like 
weird sci-fi movies that's because like that was the fear and the anxiety at that time uh in the 1950s was like people in america feared atomic war you know they feared atom bombs and going to war with russia uh later on in the 1960s it was like you get like sci-fi movies weren't huge but you get like the star trek the original star trek series you know and that was like meant to comment on like that was around the same time yeah that was like in 68 and in 69 is when we went to the moon you know that was meant to comment on like technological advancements and like what can be in what like what's in space you know like because we had no idea we were so new to it um so that's that's kind of what one of the things that i like about sci-fi is that it it's always made to comment on the societal issues or anxieties that are going on at the moment you know yes well i will take i kind of take back the negativity that i've been saying (laughs) Because I will say this, my favorite type of sci-fi movies are the environmental disaster ones. Right. And here's why. It's because, one, it's more relatable and, like, realistic to me. Because it's a th- it happens all of the time. Like, natural disasters and man-made disasters are the most common events that occur in real life. And right. so to see it, maybe, like... If you think about it, it's not as dramatic. It's it's almost as equivalent. We could see it every day, but maybe the news is also making it too dramatic, too over the top at the same time. But I think those are the ones I like because it's real. And in the sense, it's like a, you know, those ones about environmental man-made disasters that happens and it happens today. And, uh, I think that's why I like those ones more. I take the yeah, that's those are my favorite ones. Yeah, and I think the thing about uh, sci-fi movies, like for example, uh, probably my favorite sci-fi movie of all time is Blade Runner. Uh, it was directed by Ridley Scott and stars uh, Harrison Ford. And uh, what I like about that movie, and what I like about I think what I like about the sci-fi movies that I like is that the sci-fi element is really secondary to the story or characters, you know? Yes. Blade Runner, the sci-fi element isn't the most prominent element because you could take that movie with those characters. I mean, like, the sci-fi element does play a huge role in it, but it's almost the aesthetic of that movie that's the most prominent uh, characteristic about it, you know? Yeah. Um and I think that's what makes for better sci-fi movies uh, is when the sci-fi elements are more subdued for, in place of, like, realism or uh, just when it's not so blatant, like, where it's, like, all shiny objects from the future and all these aliens. And I love, like, Star Wars, but... And I think I think most of the Star Wars movies are great, but, like... We'll talk about that later, but um, there's no subtlety behind that. But again, like in Star Wars, you can take that movie and set it in a more realistic setting and it makes more sense. And I mean, it still makes sense because Star Wars, it's very much about like, it's very prominently features uh, sci-fi, like 
science fiction weapons and alien life forms that it is a character driven movie about like the hero's journey so i think what makes for the better sci-fi movies is when it's when the sci-fi element isn't the prominent feature where it's not the selling point of the movie you know yeah exactly that's what makes it the best type is like when they're like if when they go to mars for example like any sci-fi movie about going to space if we make it about the journey, it's it's cool. It's better than like over just being so dramatic. That's why, like for example, you'll get like two movies that came out pretty recently and close to each other. Like you'll get a movie like Interstellar, uh, directed by Christopher Nolan, and then you'll get a movie like The Martian, directed by Ridley Scott. And again, you can see that parallel because Interstellar focuses very heavily on that sci-fi element and i like the movie but it was it tried to explain like the physics behind the movie and it was very focused on the science fiction aspect of it while the martian was a very personal character led story of survival that you could put on earth and it would still make sense you know it exactly would still be relatable so i think that's that's like a clear example of like how you can distinguish between like something that's totally like cornball, like cheesy, or just like super unrealistic sci-fi versus like a more grounded, personal character or story-driven sci-fi movie. Yeah, exactly. As long as it's relatable, like all movies, I think. Uh, yeah. we can all appreciate them. We get more respect for them as long as they're relatable. Yeah. Although, for some reason, people really like Dumb and Dumber, and I can't relate to that movie, so... <laughs> so whatever. But, uh, I want to touch into the... I touched on this before, but how do you feel about, like, writers and producers of sci-fi movies making an intentional effort to make it like seem like based on a true story how do you feel about those films um i don't know i mean I can distinguish, and like I think a lot, it happens in a lot of genres where, where like things will be based, or they'll t- say it's based on true story, and I think that's fine because, like, at least I know I can distinguish between like, oh, that could, that's actually something that could happen, and then like, oh, that's that's total bullshit, like you know, and. um Besides, like, whenever they do, whenever in any genre, when they do, like, a based on true story thing, it's like, you gotta know that they made probably a lot of changes to it to make it more cinematic, to make it flow better in a movie, you know? Uh, I don't know, like, when I see, like, based on true stories, I have a mixed feeling about it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, like, I appreciate it that they're trying to make it relatable, but then sometimes I'm just like... I can tell this is a, for commercial use. Like, you're just really trying to sell this sell this movie so we respect it more and we don't make fun of you too much about it. It depends on the film. But, I, I mean, I can't really say I've seen a lot of sci-fi movies also. Like, 
as sci-fi as I'll go is like going to see like superhero movies, like the X-Men is like the most sci-fi I'll get. Right. <laughs> I did see Cloverfield and that was a terrible movie. <laughs> Out of all of the sci-fi movies you've seen, which are the most, like, what would you recommend for someone like me that literally only likes the ones about environmental disaster and superhero movies? All right, well, if you're into superhero movies, you might have already seen it, but it's this movie from the 80s, and it's not exactly a superhero movie, but it is, it can be considered that, and it's definitely a sci-fi movie but it's just so weird and different and this kind of goes back to how sci-fi movies are good when they like speak to what was going on in that time but robocop is pretty gnarly (laughs) like i love um, that movie and then like the thing about like natural disaster movies is that some of the best ones are from like the 90s when it was like so like cheap and goofy where it's just like kind of funny now like deep impact is terrible but i love that movie you know (laughs) yeah because it's like goofy and cornball but yeah if you're into the newer superhero movies you'll that's probably a lot of what you're gonna like to watch you know yeah Uh, i would keep an eye out for guys well obviously he's like the most famous director in the world right now but like J.J. Abrams, before Star Wars, he did some pretty good movies. Um, what's his name? David Bowie's son, Duncan Jones. He made two really good. They're kind of slower sci-fi movies, but they're pretty good. They're super artistic. Uh, I think it was Moon and Sunshine. They're oh. pretty good movies. I'm interested because uh, it's David Bowie's son. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, what I would do is just keep an eye out for, like, directors that you you like. Like, yeah, like, you, if you saw, like, uh, like, the Avengers and you liked it, you know, like, Joss Whedon has some pretty creative things under his belt. Um, so it just kind of depends on, like, what, what you're into. If you're into, like, the slower, like, like the slow burn kind of slow build uh, not so much action explosions type of sci-fi than like a really good one to check out is like Blade Runner. Um, that's because Blade Runner, like I said, it, it's, it's very much about the aesthetic, but it's like, it's more of like a neo-noir crime movie than it is like a sci-fi movie. And it, it's just, it's really good. Um, if not for anything else, you can watch it. And if you're like interested in getting into filmmaking in general, you could just watch it and, like, write a notepad full of notes on how Ridley Scott pulled that off. Like, it's amazing. Uh, another Ridley Scott movie that it's... I think I might have talked about it in a horror movie episode, but it's Alien, because that's also a really good example of how to make a movie with practically nothing. So, yeah. Now, how did you feel about I Am Legend? Uh, the, the Will Smith movie? Yeah. I think that's, like, a prime example of, like, a, a movie with, like, a good concept. I didn't like how the way the monsters looked in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think they they over-relied on, like, computer animation, and then that's kind of what got them, because it's probably... But I think Will Smith did a really good job on carrying an entire, like, two-thirds of a movie by himself. I think that's pretty cool. 
Now, here's my thing with I Am Legend. I just not into Will Smith. Like, he saved himself with Suicide Squad this year. But, like, other than that, like, I didn't really, I don't really like him in any other movies. Right. Now, do you, like, with zombie movies, would you categorize them kind of under sci-fi? Uh, yeah. I definitely would. That's the thing about, like, sci-fi and horror is that they go so good together and they, they cross over so good so seamlessly you know and it's a lot for a lot of the same reasons because like a lot of things that are horrific like in the real world are acts of science you know a lot of things that are are like scientific like a lot of the scientific advances that we're making at such a rapid pace like that could be seen as genuinely terrifying so I think that's the reason that they interweave so well together is because they evoke the same emotions and wonder, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, that, I think that is kind of like what keeps me wanting to kind of respect sci-fi is that it goes so well with horror movies and it makes you, when you have a good writer and producer, you do learn a lot if they do it intentionally to make you learn about natural disasters and man-made disasters and the effects of so many things that affect us right now currently so i think right. that's what keeps uh, keeps me respecting sci-fi like why won't like there's a lot of good into sci-fi and i respect that and also look at like there's a lot everything goes together with sci-fi superhero movies right. science fiction scary movies most of the time are science fiction those monsters just don't look like that for no reason. Science, man. Yeah. It's science. Now, yeah. have you seen uh, Stranger Things? I have not, and I've heard it's really good, and I'm trying to see it. I know I need to see it, because everyone's telling me how good it is, and I've just been putting it off, because I don't know why, but yeah, I have not seen it. Yeah. Now, with Stranger Things, prime example of good sci-fi, it's what saves me from like saying oh sci-fi is terrible because there's stranger things there is stranger things and it's excellent and i get it's good to hold off hold off until the second season comes out (laughs) because then you won't be as sad like like the whole world is right now because we're like sitting here waiting for for the season and netflix we talked about this before netflix a year wait (laughs) well we did i did kind of open the gate to talk about uh superhero movies once again have you seen suicide squad as well yeah okay let's talk about this let's talk about suicide squad all right because this we just it just needs to be talked about all right (laughs) How do you feel about that? About Suicide Squad? Yes. I I didn't like it. <laughs> I saw it, uh, and yeah, I really didn't like it. Why didn't you like it? Good. Why are you mad at it? <laughs> Why are you mad at Suicide Squad? Well, well, here's the thing. I watched it, and then like throughout the movie, I just like. I, like, kept forgiving a bunch of the things I didn't like about it. And then, like, 
I'm walking out of the theater and I'm like, hey, that wasn't that bad. That was pretty good. That was fun. And then like, I'm getting in my car and I was alone and I didn't have the radio on. So I'm just driving in silence and I'm, I'm heading back from Merced back to Mariposa. And I'm just like, I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, I keep thinking about it. I'm like, dude, that movie really sucked. <laughs> like, I don't like it because... Like, I've, I've talked to pretty much everyone, like, I know about this. It's that, like, for one, like, the biggest driving, like, selling point for the movie was, like, the characters, right? Like, yeah. something different. It was, like, something where the, the tired old superhero formula, the generic old superhero formula is, is switched around and now it's the bad guys that have to be the good guys. And I was behind that. Uh, uh, the problem is that none of the bad guys really did anything that bad. They just told us all what they did, but they never really did anything that bad. Like, they didn't show us... Like, they didn't show us footage of them doing anything really villainous you know uh they just like said oh he's a bad guy because he's bad and i was like oh okay i I can get behind that and then but problem is like it was just so inconsistent because there's times where like the movie's trying to be really funny and then there's times where it's like legitimately trying to make an action movie and then but like my problem with the characters was that like from beginning to end none of the characters really changed like like in movies, there's something called a character arc. Yeah. And and in Suicide Squad, I didn't really see that because in, at the end of the movie, except for one character, which I won't spoil it, but like by the end of the movie, all the characters are back in the same situation, doing the same things that they were doing in the beginning of the movie. And I just, I, I figured that there'd be like, like the way that, I think it should have been done was like in the beginning of the movie, it really shows that there are these terrible, heinous, awful people. And then by the end of the movie, they willingly decide to make good choices. But I never got the impression that they were like really that bad, you know? Yeah, I think, I just, yeah, exactly. I just think the movie was really inconsistent and it didn't know what it wanted to be. <laughs> I think there's too many tones and it was, I feel like there was also a lot cut out of it. Uh, for time or whatever but yeah i just felt like there was there's just too much about it that i didn't like that overpowered what i would have liked about it you know that's warner brothers for you man (laughs) (laughs) like i don't care warner brothers and the weinsteins like they are fucking terrible (laughs) there you go that's warner brothers But, yeah, I think the reason why I wanted to talk about... I know sci-fi and superhero movies go hand in hand. So I really want to talk about this on the sci-fi podcast. Also, we didn't know much... Like, I didn't have much to cover on sci-fi anyways. But, nah. So to review... My review on Suicide Squad is this. It's like, the same issue I had is, like, they weren't very villainous. Like, they were all kind of deranged. But they weren't very villainous at all. Right. And, uh... I don't know why they keep having a Joker. I think after Heath Ledger, they should have stopped doing Jokers. <laughs> and may- yeah. I think maybe this is might maybe I'm wrong, and I I will own up to it. But 
you can't ever recreate what Heath Ledger made of the Joker. Like before he before Heath Ledger's Joker, they weren't that good. And then after Heath Ledger's Joker, they're still not that good Jokers besides Heath Ledger. But maybe I'm wrong. What do you think about that statement? I think that, like, before Heath Ledger, it was uh, Jack Nicholson, which, I mean, I know I I have a preference, but I think they were good. They were both good in the sense that they both brought something different. You know, they weren't the same thing. I think the Heath Ledger Joker was way different than like the uh jack nicholson's joker from the 1980s batman movie um the joker in this one just like bummed me out because like i didn't i couldn't decide if i liked him or not just because like i don't think he had a very defined character either i think if, if they went in one direction with him and gave them more than like 30 seconds of screen time, I would have actually like been able to form an opinion, but he acted so different in every scene and he was only in it for like, he wasn't in it that long. So I was just like bummed out because I couldn't like, I couldn't even say I didn't like him. I couldn't even form an opinion because of that, you know? Yeah. And that's my thing with Jared Leto's Joker is like, First of all, they only gave him a few seconds of screen time, and I know they're going to make a part two on it, just about Harley Quinn and Joker. You could tell just from the, just from, I'm not going to spoil it, even though I am already. You could just tell there's going to be a, another thing about Harley Quinn and the Joker. But I could right. see that Jared Leto is taking away from all of the other previous Jokers. But... It just didn't flow well, and I'm not going to b- blame Jared Leto for that. It could just be the writers and the way they edited it. But it just didn't flow well. It just didn't yeah. go. And I there's a science to making films, since this is a science episode, and the science behind Suicide Squad, it just didn't flow. Yeah, and that's the thing about Suicide Squad. I think that this was another one of my biggest issues, was that editing was so weird. Like, it was so jump-cutty, it was so, like, so flamboyant, and, like, it honestly looked like like someone with, like, really severe ADHD, like, was editing it, and it was, like, so, like, in-your-face, and it cut to something really quick, and then before someone even finished the sentence, something, like, someone else started talking, and it was, like, all this weird shit where it was just, like, it, the camera moved so much, and then, like, Every time there was a fight scene, like, the camera was, like, two feet away from what was happening, so you couldn't even see what was going on. Um, and I think the editing just bummed me out because it was, like, on, the, like, a weird psychedelic roller coaster ride where I was like, I can't even keep up right now. Like, this is moving so fast. And I have, like, AD, so I like... <laughs> But it's like, I couldn't. I was like, whoa, what the... Like, what's going on? It's so, And it was, like, so bright and colorful, which I'm cool with that if that's, like, the stylistic choice. But then you have, like, scenes later on, like, that are super dark and gloomy, and that's that thing about, like, clashing tones. It's like, you can have more than one tone in a movie, but you can't have too many tones before it starts to bring the movie down, you know? Yeah. But I think that, like... The way that they have clashing tones and the 
the high intensity of the films is why I go back to sci-fi films with action. So superhero movies is due to the fact that it's it's fast paced. Um, the characters have more, there's more to the characters. There's several layers and X-Men is a good example of that as well is like, there's a lot, there's layers to it and there's, it's high energy. So the fight scenes, and I think that's why I wanted to mention superheroes in this, even though we did a superheroes episode before, is that's why is like, that's what sci-fi is cool about is like with superhero movies is it's faster. But then there's the issue of like what we, what we're talking about with Suicide Squad is, does it make sense? Like yeah. traditional sci-fi movies, they kind of make sense. They're slow, but they make sense. So that's a tricky yeah. part of sci-fi movies is making it entertaining and fast for people who who just are like, okay, I can't sit through a two hour movie about going yeah. to some other planet with terms that are made up. <laughs> so I kind of want to conclude this episode with some suggestions. We did a review, a really in depth review compared to what we usually do, because it just needed to be talked about. And also, uh, I think too, I needed a, a positive outlet to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i j- it just need to be talked about and also like warner brothers just needs to be roasted all the time like i feel like warner brothers is just like they haven't been good since the looney tunes <laughs> <laughs> so uh give us a list of movies to check out sci-fi movies and i'll give you guys a list so angel start it off all right i'll do i'll do five okay so one that you obviously got to check out if you're a human at all is uh, Star Wars. Um, anyone, really, but like if you want to start with the first one, that's probably the best one. Uh, or Empire Strikes Back, that one's good, too. Another one is uh, Blade Runner. I think people should check out Blade Runner. If you're into sci-fi horror, you should check out Alien or John Carpenter's The Thing. Screw it, like... If you got kids, or even if you're, like, a human being with emotions, like, I check out E.T. Yeah. You'll probably cry a little bit, and that's fine. <laughs> Sometimes you need that. E.T. is so good. God, okay, that's on my list. E.T. is, like, number one. I love E.T. Um, yeah. But I'm going to take a different route and kind of stretch the sci-fi, and I'm going to go with uh, X-Men movies are great sci-fi movies. I know that's pushing it. But, I mean, they're a product of science. So, X-Men, all the way. E.T. and X-Men. Spider-Man movies. Uh, Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man. I'm saying it. And I'm sticking to it. I don't care what you say. All these people, oh, I like the 16-year-old Spider-Man storyline we got going on. No! Tobey Maguire is, like, the best (laughs) Spider-Man. And that's a whole other... I talked about this before. And uh, I think Spider-Man, and then I have, like, two more, I have to say. I don't really have any other... Oh, Stranger Things. That's not a movie, but Stranger Things, I want everybody to check that out. That's a really good movie. That's a really good show, I mean. Yeah. Uh, I can't, like, really... The Hulk is good. I like The Hulk. <laughs> And I don't know if I like the series or I like the movies. I kind of don't know. Like, I have mixed feelings about the movies, but I, I know I like the show because it was so, like, classic. Yeah. It's, like, a classic. It's really cool, and it sticks to the sci-fi as well. I like that. Right. 
Yeah, so like those were my suggestions. I know they're not like traditional sci-fi, but whatever. Uh, new episodes every Wednesday. If you like me on Facebook, all you have to do is hit play on that picture you see of my beautiful shiny microphone. Also, you could follow me on Instagram at that Sage Schaefer and add me on Snapchat, and you get like six weeks before the sh- episode's actually going to drop with sneak previews. And I think you'll like that. And also, please like and share these episodes if you do like these episodes and you feel that your friends need to be cultured and schooled by Angel and criticized by me. (laughs) All right, that's the episode. I hope you took away some sage advice with this. Thank you so much, Angel.